We are glad that you joined us today. God wants to do so much for you and through you, and we want to hear about it. If you've been impacted by Fuel Church, share your story with us by emailing mystory at thefuelchurch.com. And to learn more about our worship experiences, visit our website at www.thefuelchurch.com. Thanks again for joining us. We hope you enjoy today's message. Well, we are in part three of our four-part series called Summer Playlist. Say that with me, Summer Playlist. Each week, we've been looking at a popular song and culture and pulling some spiritual truths from it. Some may ask, why, why are we preaching about music? I don't, I don't get it. Well, in the Bible, in the Gospels particularly, Jesus was always taking current realities and culture and putting them into stories that he could teach a lesson with. So the people would understand uh, how to apply it to their life. And that's what we've been doing uh, for the last few weeks. Uh, We're taking four popular songs and pulling some spiritual truths from them. Week one, uh, we talked about the song Million Reasons. Last week, we talked about the song Scars to Your Beautiful. And then next week, we will conclude our series um, with a song that talks about, I'm not going to tell you the name of it. You got to show up. Some of you are sneaky, trying to find out what the next song is, <laughs> asking me, "Hey, what's the next song?" Here's a ten dollar bill. I'm not telling you. I can't be bought. Come on, somebody. <laughs> but next week we'll be talking about a song uh, that really gives us a description of how Christ changed us from the inside out. And I, I'll just say this. I'll just say this. Okay, you won't you won't know what it is, but. It, who, who loves country music in here? Okay, you better be here next week. Okay? Oh, yeah, we going country. Get ready, get ready, get ready, as Bishop Jake says. Some of you are like, who's Bishop Jakes? Google it. But today, today, someone say today. Today, I want to talk to some people. Today's message is for those who feel like they don't quite measure up in some area of their life. Maybe all areas you feel. Uh, you feel like you're not good enough as a wife. You feel like you're not good enough as a husband. You feel like you're not good enough as a parent. You just feel like, man, I, I just, I can't ever get ahead. I'm just not good enough. I have some flaws. I have some weaknesses. And I, you know, I just feel like I'm never enough as a spouse, as a leader, as a follower of Christ. I'm just, I'm just not enough. And the truth is that each and every one of us have a spiritual enemy. You know who he is, right? Satan sucks, right? You seen the shirt? Yeah. We got, we got new shirts coming that say Satan sucks in all colors. How many want all the colors? <laughs> They're coming. Shameless plug right there. But uh, we have a spiritual enemy. And you know what his job is? His job description is found in the Bible. It says he's out to kill, steal, and destroy your life. That's what he's out to do. And it also says that he is the father of lies. It also says, it says a lot, of thing about, a lot of things about Satan in the Bible. You ought to read it sometimes. The Bible will change your life. Anyway, uh, it also says that he roams around the earth. You know that Satan's not in hell, right? You know he's on the earth. No, he's not in your mother-in-law. Shut up. Come on. <laughs> I knew what you were thinking. He's in my mother-in-law. If she's sitting beside you, please don't point. Um, the Bible says he's roaming around the earth. Him and his demons, him and his cohorts are roaming around the earth. Seeking whom he may devour. Seeking whom. It says he is as a roaring lion. Notice that? It doesn't say he is. It says he's acting like he's big, bad boy. 
Come on now. We got this little dog, little cockapoo dog, and he acts like he's got a big bark, right? And he's always barking at these bigger dogs and, you know, acting like he's going to take them out. And the moment that dog comes up to him, man, he's shrinking down. He's peeing on the ground everywhere. He's scared as can be. That's like the devil. I, I like to say it like this. The devil is nothing more than a mouse with a megaphone. <coughs> Excuse me. A mouse with a megaphone. He's a small little mouse, but he's got a big mouth. Come on now. Anybody know anybody who's got a big... Anyway. Um, and, and, and he's screaming these lies at you and I, right? He's screaming these lies at us in our minds. And if he can get us to believe the lies, then he has us. And he stops us from the promises of God. That's why it's so important to hear the word. That's why it's so important to go back and listen to podcasts and, and not just on Sunday hearing the word, but throughout the week because you're, you're, you're discovering the truth of God's words and you're combating the lies of the enemy. Because guess what? When you leave this place, there's going to be lies, lies that are coming to your mind. There's going to be lies out in your job, out in this culture, out in this city. And the devil's going to try to scream louder than the truth of God's word. But if you fill up, if you fuel up, Sounds like a good church name. If you fuel up on God's word more than you fuel up on the lies of the enemy, then guess what? Whatever you feed the most will boast in your life. Feed on the word of God and you become strong, right? And you don't believe those lies of the enemy that tells you you're not good enough. You'll never amount to anything. Here's a few ways that he does this with all of us. For some of you... You don't measure up to the standard that you set for yourself. You're very hard on yourself. You never give yourself a break. You need to lighten up. You need to lighten up. Because when you're hard on yourself, you know what happens? You're hard on everybody else around you, especially those who are closest to you. Oh, I didn't mean to get on your front porch and drink lemonade with you today, but we're there. <laughs> you're hard on yourself. You're hard on yourself. It's never enough for you up here. It's never enough for you. Others, it's the standard that was picked up at a young age. As you were a child, as you were growing up, there was this certain standard that you had to achieve. And because you didn't achieve it, you didn't measure up to it, you were put down, you were mocked, you were made fun of. Right? It was that learned behavior that was picked up as a child. You were told you'll never be anything, you'll never amount to anything, you're no good, you're an, you're an accident, you're ugly, you're fat, you're skinny, your nose is too big, your eyes are weird, your, your hair is messed up, right? Your feet are too big, your second toe is bigger than your first toe. Get next week's podcast. Right? You were told all these lies, but they sunk down and they became your identity. And if we're not careful, they'll sink down into our hearts and they become who we're not supposed to be because we believed the lies. We believed them. And then, that, then there's some of us who we get caught up in this not being enough and not measuring up to, to others because we compare our lives to other people. And we're always comparing everyone's highlight reel because that's what social media is. It's your highlight reel. It's your highlight reel. No one really puts the behind-the-scenes footage of your life. No one puts the messes, the accidents, the, you know, I cheated on my wife. Come on, somebody. No one put that. I went bankrupt. There's no highlight stories on social media like that for the most part, right? We put our, our good moments. We're out and about. We're on vacation. We're at the concert. We're out to eat, right? We're having fun. And I'm all for that. That's all good. But what happens is I found myself in this trap as well is I start to compare my life to someone else. 
Because I'm looking at their highlight reel, and I'm comparing it to my behind-the-scenes footage, right? And you can get caught up in this comparison trap. You can get caught up in creating this idea of perfection that you can never obtain. That's why Pinterest is so dangerous. (laughs) Some of you need to cancel that app because Pinterest is this perfect world. And some of you are trying to live in the Pinterest perfect world, and it will never happen. This is not Mayberry. Come on, somebody. All the millennials are like, what's that? (laughs) Google it. My answer to everything, Google it. Huh? And, 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 and so, so the enemy comes at all of us in different ways. And I believe if we're honest in here, each of us would say, yeah, I feel something just like that. I feel like that. And, and, and that leads me to introduce our song today. Um, our song is called Something Just Like This. Something Just Like This. And I'm going to read some of the lyrics. Uh, I'm not going to sing them. Praise God. Just tell your neighbor, that's good, that's good. I'm going to let the band sing it live in here in just a moment, okay? Here in just a moment, a few minutes, they're going to come and sing this song. But I want to read to you a few of the lyrics of this song. You may not be familiar with it. And then I quote, I've been reading books of old, the legends and the myths. Achilles and his gold, Spider-Man's control, and Batman with his fist. And clearly, I don't see myself upon that list. But she said, where do you want to go? How much you want to risk? I'm looking for somebody with some superhuman gifts, some superhero, some fairy tale bliss, just something I can turn to, something, somebody I can kiss. I want something just like this, end of quote. So I believe that this song resonates with us because we all want somebody to believe in us, all right? We all want somebody to believe in us. We all want something just like this. We all want others to want us and to believe in us, and not just for what we can do for them, but for who we are, right? We all want people to believe in us for who we are, the unfiltered version of us. Without all the filters, come on now, without all the fakeness, right? Because we can come into church and we can fake it real good. How you doing, brother? Good job. I'm doing great. God bless you. I'll start asking this question. I'll follow up with how you doing, and I'll say, how are you really doing? How are you really doing? How, how, how was your week really? You know, Because we all put on these filters when we come. Oh, God is good all the time. And I believe that statement. But sometimes we need to talk with someone. Sometimes someone needs to hear what we're going through. Sometimes we need to get godly counsel, right? Sometimes we need to realize that that others are out there willing to help us through whatever struggles we're going through. We all want somebody to believe in us. I believe part of the reason we want somebody to believe in us is because often, too often, we really don't believe in ourselves. We really have a hard time believing in us. Why? Because we know us. How many of you know that you know you better than anybody knows you? Right? God and you know the real you. You can fake it to your spouse, you can fake it to your friends, your coworkers, your family, but I know me like nobody knows me. And sometimes I have trouble believing in myself because I see the flaws, I see the mistakes in me, right? And I have trouble believing in myself. 
We also don't believe in ourselves at times because we don't realize how much God believes in us. We don't realize how much God believes in us and how much God values us. We really don't have the proper identity, the Christ identity, the Christ esteem that we should have. And we can only find that in his word. We can only find the truths and the promises of God over our lives in his word. And we're either going to choose to side up with God's word or we're going to side up with the lies of the enemy and the lies of the culture that tells us we're not enough, that tells us we'll never be anything in life. You know, believing is important. Believing is important. Every one of us in here have a belief system, whether you know it or not. We have a belief system. See, whatever you have believed to be true about you ultimately defines who you are. Listen to this. This is the precipice of this whole message. Whatever you believe to be true about you ultimately defines who you are. So it's imperative you believe the right things. It's imperative you have a God view of your life. It's imperative. Because you'll be walking around believing the wrong things. And when you believe the wrong things, you think the wrong things. When you think the wrong things, you behave the wrong way. Belief, think behave. Belief, think, behave. So your belief system is important about you. Your image of you is important, right? We talked a little bit about that last week in our message. So here's a few truths. Here's a few scriptures that I want you to grab a hold of today. Are you ready for them? I want you to hear this. This is what God thinks. This is the view of God over your life. Psalms 139 says this, for you created me You created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am what? Fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know it that full well. Look at that. David said, uh, you created me before I was in my mother's womb. He said, I know you fearfully and wonderfully made me. Many times we have a hard time believing that about ourselves. But the creator of the world, the creator of humanity, said, I fearfully and wonderfully made you, right? I think a lot of times I discount what the creator has done in my life. I've discounted it because there's times that I feel like junk, right? I feel like worthless. I feel of no value. And what does that do into our heavenly father when he said, I fearfully and wonderfully made you in my image, right? You're not junk. You're valuable. And then I love the scripture in Ephesians 2.10. We looked at it last week, but it says this. For we are God's what? We are God's what? Handiwork. Created in Christ Jesus to do good works. Come on, we're called to do some good things here on earth. We're not called to just occupy space and time. We're called to do some good things for God, right? Yeah which God prepared in advance for us to do. I love this. We're God's handiwork. God took some time on you. You're God's masterpiece. Huh? You're God's masterpiece. Don't let the lies of the enemy filter in your mind. Don't believe those lies. You need to get a different belief system so it changes your thinking, and then it'll change your behavior. 
right? We're trying to change people's behavior first without changing their belief system. You got to change your belief system. You got you to side up with God's word and you got to speak God's word. It can't be just a Sunday thing. It's got to be throughout the week. You got to pull scriptures and, you know, the scripture of the day and you got to post them on your mirror and post them for men. We post them on the refrigerator because that's the place we go to the most. <laughs> Women, they post it on the mirror because that's where they go to the most. And you got to get the word in you because that belief system will begin to grow. And then your thinking changes. Then when the enemy comes in and says, ah, you can't do that. You're no good. Remember how you were raised. Remember what they told, about, told, told you all growing up. You say, no, 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 no. God's word says this. I'm God's handiwork. I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. I am not bowing down to this lie. Right? I'm going to become all that God has called me to be. See, you may look at yourself and see all that you're not. Right? But God looks on you and sees all that you are. He wants something just like you. Check this out. I've been reading books of old, the legends and the myths, Achilles and his gold, Achilles and his gifts, Spider-Man's control, and Batman. Up on that list, but she said, Where'd you wanna go? How much you wanna risk? I'm not looking for somebody with some superhuman gifts, some superhero, some fairy tale bliss. Just something I can turn to, somebody I can kiss. I want something just like this. Hero, some fairy tale. Bl- 
listen, listen, listen. When you feel like you're not enough, when you feel like you don't measure up, you need to know that God wants something just like you. That God sees value in you. And, and here's, what, here, here's what I want to drive home today, this point right here. You may not be who you want to be, but because of Christ, you're exactly who God needs you to be. Listen to this. You may not be who you want to be. How many, every hand will go up if I said, yeah, I'm not where I want to be, right? As a father, right? As a mother, as a worker, whatever you do, as a, as a parent, as a grandma, grandpa, uncle, aunt. I'm not, I'm not what I want to be. But because of Christ, because of who? Because of who? Christ, you're exactly who God needs you to be. You're exactly who God needs you to be. I know you're thinking that you don't know my failure resume. (laughs) Come on now. You, you You don't know what's on my failure resume. There's a lot of failures. I know what you're thinking. I'm a mess. I mean, I I got reasons. (laughs) I got issues (laughs) why God can't use me, right? I know what you're thinking. I know what you're thinking. I've messed up too many times for God to value me, for God to want me. And and it's such a common thought in our minds, and it's such a common thread throughout the Bible. I love the Bible because the Bible isn't some perfect little book. Isn't some Disney fairy tale. Like the Bible did happen. Like it did happen. Like water was turned into wine. Come on, somebody, testify. Like the fish and the loaves were multiple. Like he did walk on water. That did happen. Um, Yeah, it did happen. But you know what also happened in the Bible? That God would take men and women who were flawed, men and women who had issues, men and women who made a mess of their marriages, a mess of their families, a mess of their lives, and he would use these ordinary people to do extraordinary things. That's what the Bible's full of. You ought to check it out sometime. It's a pretty cool book. It'll change your life. I love it because the Bible is all about people who are uneducated, unqualified, unredeemable, and unchosen. But God said, I'm going to use them in spite of that. Yeah, look at this scripture, 1 Corinthians 1, 26 through 28. Brothers and sisters, think of what you were when you were called. Not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many of you were influential. Not many of you were of noble birth. Verse 27, but God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. Wow. God chose the weak things. Wait, wait, wait. He chose foolish things and weak things. Do you see that? Do we have a trick Bible up here? Is that, is that what it says? He chose foolish things and he chose weak things to shame the strong. Verse 28. God chose the lowly things, foolish, weak, lowly things of the world and the despised things. We have another one to add to the list. And the things that are not to nullify the things that are. I love this scripture because there's hope for me in there. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I've done some foolish things in life. I've thought some foolish thoughts in my life, right? I've done some things that didn't line up with God and his word. And I thank God he still chose me no matter the mistakes I've made. I love, the thing I love about God is he'll take a mistake 
and make a message out of it. He'll take a mess and make a miracle out of it, right? He'll take my trial and my pain and give it purpose. That's the thing I love about God. You know that God's not scared of your sin. Neither does he run from your sin, but he is there in your sin. God doesn't say, hey, time out. They're about to sin. Let me jet out here and take a little break, a little smoke break out back. No, no, no. God's not taking a smoke break. (laughs) He sees you when you're living for him and when you make bad choices, and he's there. And he says, all right, that's all right. You're on your journey. You're on your journey. You're on your journey, and I will take the foolish things, the weak things, the lowly things of your life, and I'll use it for my glory. I'll use it for my glory. So, so, so the very mistake, the, the, the very pain that's been in your life, the very sin, God will use it as a platform for his glory. That's what I said. He'll use it as a platform to display his glory. Yeah, yeah, because you're going to grow through it, and you're going to realize, you know what? I can now help someone else through what I've been through. Uh, you know what? I, I, I can take that foolish thing, and I can help someone who's struggling in their marriage, someone who's struggling in their finances. I love the Bible. Once again, Hebrews chapter 11, it's a book in the New Testament, and Hebrews chapter 11 is called the Heroes Hall of Faith. And what it is, it's just like, it's like, uh, 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 what is that, ESPN 30 for 30. It's highlighting. It's highlighting all of the great men and women of faith. And it lists their names, and it lists what they did, and, and that's what the chapter's all about. It's about these great men and women who did extraordinary things for God. I mean, Noah's in there. I mean, Noah builds this huge ark, and he saves his family, right? Thank God Noah built the ark, right? Praise God. Abraham. Abraham is called the father of our faith and so influential in our faith and what we believe and did so many great acts of faith in the Bible. Moses is mentioned in there. He delivered the children of Israel out of Egyptian bondage. Moses is listed there. And then David is there. He writes two-thirds of the book of Psalms and is mentioned as a, a man who has a heart for God, a man after God's own heart. They're all listed in this great chapter of faith, the great men and women of faith. And then as I begin to look at their life, I say, wow, they did have great faith, but they also had some big issues in their life. Like Noah, he gets drunk and passes out in front of his kids. It's in the Bible. And Abraham, he lied about his relationship with his wife to save himself. And then you got Moses, who ends up killing somebody. And then you got David, who commits adultery with a woman and then has the woman's husband killed after he commits adultery. You have all these great men of faith, but then we see their weaknesses, we see their struggles, and here's the reason why. Here's the reason why. Because the Bible honors them for their faith, not for their perfection. Did you hear that? And and, and let me insert this at this point. This is tweetable, by the way, if you get your tweet on. Thumb wars. The Bible says it honors them for their faith, not for their perfection. And we can either connect with people or we can correct people, but we can't do both. 
We can either make a difference in people's lives or we can make a point, but we can't do both. So a lot of times in our lives, a lot of times in our lives, we like to point. You're doing this wrong, and this isn't right about you. And there's churches all over right now pointing at people. You're a dirty, rotten sinner. You're going to burn in hell. Well, tell us with something we don't know, you know? Give us something encouraging, right? And there are, there are pastors sending people to hell. And some of you came from those churches, and you're just thanking God you're not in that church anymore. Amen? And they're pointing people. This was wrong with you. You didn't pray for an hour today, and you didn't fast, and you didn't do this, and you didn't do that. And I'm for all prayer and fasting. Don't write me emails. But if you want to, send it to joelbergai at thefuelchurch.com. <laughs> he loves reading your emails and your Facebook posts. I love it. Every week we get blasted some way, you know. Somebody's, you got haters, you know. Haters going to hate, by the way. Um, and I love it because if we go a couple days and we don't have haters, I say, what's wrong? What, we ain't doing something right. We ain't doing something right because if you ain't got haters, that means you ain't doing something right. We need some haters. But you can either make a point or you can make a difference. You can either connect with people or correct them all the time. You know, that's hard for me as a father. I, I, I want to correct my kids. I'm hard on my kids at times, you know. And my wife will say, listen, they're, they're just, she's nine. She's nine. She's seven. You know, don't be so hard on your kids. You know, and uh, I know a lot of fathers have that struggle, you know, at times. And, um, you know, we, we want perfection at the age of seven. <laughs> but their kids are not going to be perfected at seven. And so I have to pray often, God, give me patience for my kids. Because they're doing the same thing I did to my parents, tearing up the house. <laughs> I tore up my parents' house and my dad was on me. And now my, I'm reaping what I sowed. That's, that's really what parenting is now. <laughs> dads, we're reaping what we sowed to our parents, so we can't get mad about it. There are going to be holes in the drywall and crayon on the door, and it's going to happen. There are going to be Cheetos in between the seats of the car and French fries, and, yep, it's going to be all messed up. Just, it's a beautiful mess, right? And so, so, so here, here, here's what I want you to know today. You may not be who you want to be, but because of Christ, you're exactly who God needs you to be. You're exactly who God needs to be. You see, faith in Christ makes extraordinary heroes out of ordinary people. David, ordinary guy. David, just taking care of the sheep, just being faithful. Teenager, 16 years old, being faithful to the last thing his dad told him to do. David, this ordinary guy. But God uses him to do extraordinary things. God uses him to do extraordinary things. In the midst of him being used by God, he falls into sin. But I love Psalms 51 because David comes to a point in his life where he says, man, sin isn't fun. Sin isn't fun. It messed me up, David said. Actually, I need to return to the joy of my salvation. I need to go back to some things that I left behind. I need to realize that God wants something just like me. I, I need to realize that I'm valuable. I need to realize that I need to honor God. And he says, God created me a clean heart, O oh Lord. Renew a right spirit within me. I've gotten off track, God. I've gotten off track. And when we get off track, we can get back on track. When we get off track, we can say one prayer that gets us back on track. And we can grow from our failures. And we can grow from our mistakes. And God says, I still just want something just like you. Even in your mess, even in your mistakes, God says, I still want you. I still want you. I love that about God. So you say, Jacob, how can I position myself? Talking about me, little old me. 
doing extraordinary things for God right now in my life. I'm just a regular guy. I'm just a, just a mom. I'm just a factory worker. I'm just doing what I do every week, you know, making my parts. Come on now. Just waiting for Friday to order the pizza and go out to eat. Come on now. Just in the routine. You know what I'm talking about? In the routine of life, and I'm just a house mom, I'm just taking care of my house, or I'm a single mom, or a single father, or I'm just a young person, I'm just a nurse, I'm just doing what I'm supposed to do, or whatever. How could I be used by God? Well, there's two, two things, two very simple things that God needs from you. Number one, your availability and your obedience. Your availability and your obedience. God's not really concerned about your ability as much as he is your availability, okay? So you can say, man, I ain't got no superhuman powers like the song talked about. I, I, just, you know, I don't have a cape to put on, and, you know. I, I just don't have it. I don't feel like I'm very talented. I don't feel like I'm very gifted. I'm, I'm doing, I'm raising my family. I'm doing what I'm supposed to do, but I just don't feel like I have a gift. Here's the reality. Most of you will never stand on a stage like this and communicate. Most of you will never do that. Most of you will never sing on a band. Most of you will never be on a stage. But you know what? All God is looking for you, for you to do is be available and obedient to stand on the stage that he's called you to in your world. Because you have a stage and you have a voice. And people are depending on you. There are people at your job, there are people in your family that I will never reach, that I'll never get to speak to, but you're around them every day. You're around them every day. There are people who will open up to you at your job. You're around them every single day. And that's the awesome thing about God. You don't have to be perfect, well-educated. You don't have to be a celebrity, a preacher. You don't have to know every book of the Bible. Maybe you only know the book of Job. It's actually Job. (laughs) Just seeing if, yeah. Maybe get a job. I don't know what the Lord was saying there, but honey, if he ain't got a job, just go on to the next one. Just saying that was free. You may, you may say, man, I look myself in the mirror, I just, I don't have, I don't have that gift to talk, or I don't, I, I don't know enough about God to, to even talk to anybody about the Bible. God is not looking for perfection, he's looking for availability and obedience. Here's the truth, God gave us each three things, three things he gave us. He gave every one of us in here, every one of you listening to this podcast, he gave you these three things, time, talent, and treasure. Time, talent, and treasure. We've all been given the same amount of time. Do you know that? We've all been given 24 hours today. We've all been given the same amount of time in a week, in a month. We know you like to post about it on Facebook that you're so busy. Okay, you can stop posting now. We're all busy. God bless you. We didn't feel sorry for you because we're all busy. Most of us have jobs. Most of us have kids. Okay, we're all busy. God gives us all the same amount of time, right? And then he puts in us a talent. He puts in us a gift. And you may not know what that is. We're going to help you discover that here at this church. we got some classes, some things coming up in the future that are really going to help you discover that. And then he gave each and every one of us a treasure, right? He gave most of us a job. We have a job. We make a living. We go to work, right? So he gives us all three things that we can use for his glory and his purposes. I look at people in this church. It's just ordinary people. Like, there's no millionaires here yet. Yet. Some of you are supposed to be a millionaire. The Bible says there's the gift of giving. Come on, who has that gift? <laughs> We're ready to build some buildings, some more campuses here. That is a gift. It's in the Bible. Check it out. And uh, we don't have any millionaires yet, millionaires in here yet. 
But what we do have is ordinary people who are willing to be available and obedient for God to use their life. We have people every week serving in the parking lot, just ordinary people. Say, yeah, I'll show up at 839, set up the parking lot. We have people cleaning the facility every single week throughout the week. They're never seen. They're never seen. You're not here when they're cleaning. We have the band, the ordinary people saying, I'll show up to practice and rehearse. I'll show up. We have children's workers, nursery workers, ordinary people saying, I'll be used by God. We had Josiah on the keyboard over here. A few weeks ago, a guy was ready to end his life. He's walking through the parking lot. Josiah's late to practice. He needs to get here. Joel's probably about to yell at him for being late again. Just saying. They'll work it out. And the guy says, man, I need help. I'm ready to, I have a plan to end my life today. That's what just happened a few weeks ago. And Josiah said, man, don't do that. He said, come sit with me. He goes, I'll be in the band, but afterwards I'll come off and I'll sit with you. He sat with that guy. That guy ended up giving his heart to Jesus that service by one simple act of obedience. Eric, the guy who passed away this week, what an awesome man he was, serving this house for 22 years, always wanting to help God's house, always supporting it financially. He had a great business, and he built houses and remodeled. The guy was just a craftsman. I mean, unbelievable work he did. But I just think about all the last Sunday, he's serving on the security team. He's serving, serving God's house. Just an ordinary man, loved to make things, loved to work with his hands, but God used him. At his funeral yesterday, can I tell you how many people came from Lowe's who he knew, who he had a relationship with, because he was there every day, multiple times a day. It's funny because he would spend hours in there talking to them. And the one lady said, every time he came, he would just ask me, how's your family doing? How's your kids doing? He go, the lady said, no one ever asked me that. I'm the, I'm the Lowe's lady. <laughs> Got the little blue vest. I'm just the Lowe's lady. But he's, at, he's caring about it. He, she goes, I'll never forget it. The manager of Lowe's told their employees, if you guys need to go to Eric Floyd's funeral, you guys can leave work and go to this funeral. The whole, told the whole store that. That's how big of an impact he had. Just an ordinary man. People came to the funeral yesterday that he would stop along the side of the road and help them if their car was broke down. One guy was, said it was Christmas Eve. My windshield wipers were all messed up. I couldn't see. It was snowing. Eric stopped by and fixed it right there. Helped me get to my family dinner. Just ordinary people doing extraordinary things. What has God called you to do? Because can I tell you, he hasn't called you just to take up time and space and just live 70, 80, 90 years, and then it's over. He's called you to make a difference here on this earth. He's called you and I to partner with heaven so that we can make it a bigger place, that we have an assignment. I thank God for your job. I thank God for Chrysler and Delphi and whatever job, nursing job, wherever you work, that's great. That, that, that's a calling, right? We're all supposed to be working somewhere, but it's more than just working. It's building up eternity. It's making an investment into the souls of eternity because one day all this stuff, your house, your car, as great as it is, all of it will be gone. And the only thing that will last is what we do for eternity. People will last. People. Who are we taking with us to eternity? That's the only thing that will last. So God says, be available, be obedient. Use your time, talent, and treasure for my purposes because I want something just like you. I want something just like you. When we are available, 
and obedient, God works through us to make a difference. You may say, man, I just don't even know where to start. Just step out. Step out. Step out and start serving on the team. You know, I think about the children's workers and, you know, they're helping with the kids and check-in and teacher's assistance. And it may be a smile to a kid, man, that makes a difference. Most people in here, you're here because as a kid, your family members or parents brought you to church. That's why you're here today. Statistics show that people who were brought to church at a young age will continue. They'll veer off some and go their own way, but eventually they'll come back to the house of God. Imagine the impact we could have on the next generation, our students, our young people, right? A few weeks ago had camp, man, just impact on their lives. Imagine the impact you could have by serving on a team. Imagine that God could use you, ordinary you, to do extraordinary things for his kingdom. He wants something just like you. Hmm? Imagine this little old invite card could make a difference in somebody's life. Little invite card. We've handed out thousands of these in the last two years. Can I tell you, every week we hear stories from these invite cards. Just in the last few weeks, here's a few of them that we've heard from people who take this card and hand it to a waitress, a family member, a coworker, a friend, and invite them out to church. Here's just a few of them. Someone who was an atheist turned to God because of an invite card last few weeks, truth be told. Someone who was suicidal because of an invite card got set free. Someone who was addicted to drugs got set free because of an invite card. Oh, come on. Let's celebrate that. Yeah. All because someone said, I'm available, I'm obedient. All because of it. Are you enjoying the outside of the church, all the new landscaping? Isn't it looking beautiful? Well, there's a couple here. Where are you guys at? Raise your hand. Bernie and Debbie, right here. This couple, retired couple, said, we want to help make God's house the most beautiful house on the block. They took it on themselves. Honestly, we, we, we didn't have it in the budget to do it. I wanted to do it. I want God's house looking good. We try to keep up with this facility the best way we can, but it was going to be thousands and thousands of dollars, and we didn't have it in our budget. And God is my witness. I was praying, God, I want this outside looking good this summer. And God sent them to take care of the outside. Isn't that awesome? They said, God, put it on our hearts. And I said, well, he just answered my prayer. Thank you. (laughs) Willing and obedient to be used by God to plant flowers. Who would have thought? Who would have thought? Who would have thought? You see, I believe we're all looking for the big things. We're all... I need the big stage and the lights, and I need something big to be used by God when really the small things make the biggest of difference. It's the small things. It's the small steps of obedience that God is looking for. It's the small steps of saying, God, I'm available. You can count on me. I know I'm not just here to take up this space in this seat every week, but I want to help impact someone else's life. I may not be on a stage ever, I may be an introvert, and I need to be behind the scenes. That's okay. There's a place for you. Maybe you're an extrovert, and you love to talk. You have the gift of gab, like Eric had, and you love to talk to people. There's a place for you. There's a place for you. We will always challenge you to tap into that gift, that talent, because here's the truth. You've heard me say it, and I'll continue to say it. There's no greater sense of fulfillment than when you discover your purpose in life. 
It's not just to clock in and clock out every day, every week. It, that's part of it, but you, I mean, most of you don't find true fulfillment in your job. <laughs> it's a job for some of us. Some of us, it's a calling and you love what you do. I get that. But most people, it's a job. You want to find your true purpose. You want to tr- figure out why you were born. You want to find out what makes you tick. When you discover it, it changes everything in your life. It changes everything. And that's why we encourage you, get plugged in. Because you'll have a sense of true fulfillment in life. You'll realize that serving with other people on a team, and then you'll develop friends, and then you'll be hanging out with them, and now they're family. They're not just friends, they're family. And then you begin to reach other people. And there's not a greater sense of fulfillment. Someone once asked me, would you ever want to be the president of the United States? I said, nope. That would be a demotion for me. That would be a demotion for me. Why? Because what I do can't put a price tag on. The lives that are changed. Eternity that's impacted. Kids that are learning about God. Teenagers. Families that are being restored. You can't put a price on that. That would be a demotion for me. Because what I do is, I love what I do. I get to impact eternity. I get to be a part of God's big picture. And you do too in your world. You have a world. You have people that are waiting to be reached. You have people who are depending on you to give them an encouraging word, to give them a smile, to tell them they matter, to tell them God wants something just like them. Be available. Be obedient. And watch what God will do with your life. Stand with me today. Hey, thanks for listening today. And maybe you're out there and maybe you feel far from God today. Maybe life has thrown you a curveball. You've taken some wrong turns. You've messed up. I'm here to tell you about God's love for your life. You know, it's real and it's for you. And and no matter what you've done, no matter where you've gone, God is there. His love is unconditional. and, And the Bible says that if you just confess with your mouth, believe in your heart, you're saved. And I'm going to lead you through a prayer. And I just believe that if you say this prayer and mean it with your heart, the Bible says you're saved. And I want to encourage you to tell somebody about this decision. But just wherever you're at, just say, God, I ask you to forgive me of my sins. Come into my life. Change me in Jesus' name. It's simple as that. And I encourage you, find a good local church. If if you can get to Fuel Church, get here. God is moving. God is doing some great things the lives and families of the people that come here, but find a good church where you can grow in God. Until next time, God bless you. Have a great week.